Hi, it's Connor Svensson here, founder and CEO of Web3 Labs, and this is your week in blockchain on Monday, the 26th of July, 2021. The highlights this week include FTX's funding round, giving it a whopping $18 billion valuation, how Aave is building Twitter on Ethereum, BlockFi is now coming under regulatory scrutiny, Tianjin releases China's first blockchain-based carbon offset certificate, Cardano create their own stablecoin, the first decentralized exchange launches on Polkadot and Polygon has announced a gaming studio for NFTs. FTX The Exchange has closed a $900 million funding round, giving it an $18 billion valuation. This is its Series B round, which incorporated investments from a number of leading names there, which included SoftBank, Sikora Capital, Paradigm, Lightspeed, uh, Alan Howard and the Paul Tudor Jones family, among others. In total, 60 investors participated in this raise, and this is by far the largest uh, crypto investment round that has taken place. Dwarfing Circle's $440 million deal that uh, happened not that long ago, which was the previous largest. The Aave uh, DeFi lending platform has uh, announced that they're going to launch an alternative to Twitter using Ethereum this year. What, what they want to be able to do is enable users to monetize their content that they post and help govern the rules of the network. And uh, th- th- I think one of the funny things here as well is that you had Danny Kulichov, the, the, the founder and uh, CEO of Aave, announcing uh, that in reference to Jack Dorsey previously saying that he was going to build that DeFi on Bitcoin, he said, uh, since Jack is going to build Aave on Bitcoin, Aave should build uh, Twitter on Ethereum. The intent here is to address, though, these, these core problems that sit at the heart of a number of Web 2.0 technologies and social media platforms, which is the vulnerabilities to censorship and uh, the exploitative pay structures that benefit the, the actual creators of the platform rather than the users who obviously don't get compensated in any way for, 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 for what they do as such. So, again, it would be fascinating to see if they get this off the ground. Uh, BlockFi has hit some regulatory hurdles. The New, York, New Jersey Attorney General has issued a cease and desist order against uh, against them. What they want to do is uh, BlockFi stop offering interest-bearing accounts. With, with BlockFi, they've certainly had a lot of significant uh, investments uh, since 2017 when they were launched and they've raised $500 million, uh, in private funding and have a valuation of $5 billion. So you know, them coming under this scrutiny is, is somewhat of a surprise given you know, how, how well-established they are in the space but potentially a sign of you know what's to come for more of these platforms. Jack Dorsey, the the CEO and co-founder of Twitter, has said that uh, Bitcoin is going to be a big part of the company's future. This is the first time he's actually gone into a lot of detail about his views there, but he thinks it could be in- integrated into Twitter's products. He believes that Bitcoin is, is the best digital currency positioned to be a native currency on the platform. And although you know, people may not necessarily agree with that sentiment, uh, it, it's, it's certainly one to watch to see you know, exactly what movements uh, he makes there. Off the back of this as well, Kathy Wood's ARK Investments Management has increased the holdings in the payment services company Square, which Jack Dorsey is also the CEO of because he, he's spoken in terms of wanting to create a more open developer platform platform and no doubt the support for Bitcoin kind of ties nicely in that as well. The creator of the Cardano project, Charles Hoskinson, has said that his his company, Input Output Global, that develops a lot of the Cardano software, has created its own stable coin. 
they, they they've called the new coin Jed, as in D G J E D, which is a crypto back to algorithmic stable coin. The, the white paper hasn't uh, been released just yet, but they're saying that their users have spent a significant amount of time verifying the project from a sort of theoretical sense as well. So certainly one of the things that uh, Charles Hoskinson and the Cardano team are very big on is actually trying to apply a lot of um, academic rigor and you know with proofs and so on to the work that they do so um, it's certainly coming will be coming from like a place that's very well grounded in theory and um, in, in, well in a, in a perspective that's provable in terms of the theory that um, it, it is used to describe it as SoftBank have announced that they're going to invest uh, $75 million in uh, the Peter Thiel's back crypto exchange bullish this is a subsidiary of uh, Block One uh, Block One with the creators of the EOS uh, blockchain and certainly Peter Thiel was an investor in in, uh, in, in Block One as well. Uh, it's planning to go public by the end of 2021 by a special purpose acquisition company merger with Fair Peak Acquisition apparently. According to Fidelity, the vast majority of institutions are going to be owning crypto by 2026. They believe that the number of wealth managers, institutional investors and foundations uh, has increased dramatically and will continue to do so. According to this survey, 70% of institutional investors intend to buy or invest in digital assets in the near future, with over 90% uh, planning to by 2026. Yes, it is a you know, optimistic survey, um, but you know, Fidelity being who they are within the financial markets and uh, you know, a very significant player there, it certainly is worth uh, taking note of this. Mastercard have announced that they're partnering with Paxos and Circle for platforms for crypto to fiat conversions. What they're looking to do is trial new solutions to expand the ability for people to spend digital assets using Mastercard cards with Paxos and Circle, certainly, you know, Circle being one of the these these companies being leaders in the space, they want to you know see if there's a, a nice way that they, they they can do this. Mastercard did say previously that they did not plan to directly support cryptocurrencies on its payment network, but wanted to enable native support of stablecoins and central bank digital currencies. And so what users want to be able to do is um, you know, have their payments converted into these stable coins transparently. And you know, no doubt with, with platforms like Visa providing support for uh, crypto exchanges and many uh, Visa cards where you can spend crypto, um, where it happens at the point of sale, if they can start to do this you know, more natively on their platform, it's going to certainly streamline this from the perspective of uh, MasterCard. Binance has had, uh, there's been less news about them in terms of regulatory woes this week, which is uh, not you know, good, good for them. Um, but they, they announced that they've completed the second largest token, their second largest token burn of the um, BNB token since uh, in its history. Um, they've just completed their 16th quarter, quarterly uh, BNB token burn, which uh, removes uh, 1.3 million BNB tokens. Binance have also said that they're partnering with Coinly to help Australians with tax reports. The Australian Tax Authority, or ATO, sent a letter to 350,000 Australian crypto investors last year to remind them that disposing of cryptocurrencies could result in ta- capital gains tax obligations. Sam Tu, who's uh, one of who works for Binance Australia, said that with you know, approximately one in six uh, Australians are investing in crypto, so it's quite important that they can help 
address this. With Coinly, users can sync their wallets uh, and exchanges in one place and the software imports their transactions and uh, figure and calculates the taxes. This is certainly one area that we, know we expect to see grow a lot more in the, in the coming months and years, especially now that in many jurisdictions, the actual legislation around tax uh, with regards to you know, capital gains when people dispose of crypto assets has, has been defined. Um, and certainly with you know many of these platforms uh, the the ease with which people can actually you know buy and sell cryptos or maybe stake them and you know to get further yield on them these are all taxable events and so software to actually simplify this for the major platforms is going to be paramount for getting the information that uh, the the tax authorities needs for this JP Morgan has become the first big bank to give retail wealth clients access to cryptocurrency funds JP Morgan has been trying to significantly grow its 600 $30 billion wealth management business. They'll now take orders to buy and sell five cryptocurrency products, four from Grace to Gale Investments, who is one of the leaders in this space, well, is the leader in this space in terms of assets under management with their investment exchange listed investment products. Uh, and the other is from Osprey Funds. And this came into effect in the last week. In China, uh, Tianjin has uh, released China's first blockchain-based carbon offset certificate. This was just days after they they, they launched its national carbon market. Uh, the offset's been built using AntChain, which is uh, Ant Group's enterprise blockchain platform. This is a really significant mu- news um, because the opportunity for blockchain to actually help with issuing and tracking carbon offsets in terms of you know where they were originated from and also what carbon emissions they're actually offsetting, blockchain's really well suited to this. And so it's certainly a, a huge growth area, but to see much like China have been making rapid progress with uh, the adoption of central bank digital currencies, they also now seem to be looking to pioneer as well what's happening in the carbon market. So certainly from the point of view of aiming to achieve its uh, carbon neutrality um, goals by 2060, this is really good to see these sorts of uh, initiatives uh, happening there. Alliance, Europe's largest insurer, um, has has actually announced that their blockchain claim solution uh, that streamlines international motor insurance claims is now live in production and deployed across 23 European subsidiaries. What's certainly notable here as well is that in the six weeks since it was launched, the processed about 145,000 transactions supporting over 10,000 international accident claims. Um, They're very excited about the opportunity here and certainly insurance is another area, especially around claims management, which is is very, very um, valuable for for blockchain because of the the, the number of different intermediaries involved in the process. When someone needs to underwrite an insurance policy, um, then you have someone wanting to make a claim on it. And so you need to, there's various communication back and forth through the different parties that needs to happen. So it's it's great to see that that progressing there. In protocol news, there's been a lot of of movement happening, um, especially with regards to EVM compatibility, or that's Ethereum virtual machine compatibility. Uh, with Neon Labs has announced that they're going to be deploying their cross-chain Ethereum virtual machine solution on the Solana testnet. What's very significant about this is that the vast majority of the smart contracts that are in existence on public blockchains, especially in things like DeFi um, and NFTs, run on top of Ethereum. And Ethereum uses its Ethereum virtual machine to run those smart contracts. So by these other protocols, adding support for the 
Ethereum virtual machine or EVM, it, it makes it a lot easier for people to take code that we can run on Ethereum and then run it on these, these other blockchain networks. So it's certainly a very attractive proposition for blockchains that are emerging blockchains who want to actually bring more people onto their platform because it provides a very familiar environment for them um, and familiar backends for it to actually, for actually, for it to run. With Solana, they're very much so pushing the high transaction throughput that they provide on the platform as well as the lower gas prices. And so it's, it's certainly going to be attractive for people who uh, want to build on top of uh, Solano. And uh, as we've spoken previously, they've received a great amount of funding as well in recent months. Uh, Crypto.com as well. They've uh, de deployed a Ethereum virtual machine uh, testnet, uh, again, to support Ethereum applications. Um, they've, they've, they've released this uh, in a similar vein to Binance Smart Chain. They, they released their, um, you know, Binance Smart Chain is an uh, Ethereum compatible network as well. So Crypto.com obviously wants to try and um, to take a piece of the pie, so to speak, that, uh, that Binance have been so successful with and um, give, give people an opportunity to, you know, natively run applications on their platform um, for it. Coinbase is by and Trails Group have also announced that they're adding uh, developer tools for Solana blockchain. Uh, they've, they've got a query and transact product there, uh, which enable makes it a lot easier for people to access and verify blockchain data and uh, transact with these different networks. Reddit has announced that they're going to be scaling their uh, Ethereum-based token platform using the Layer 2 scaling platform called Arbitrum. Uh, Reddit uh, came out earlier this year. It's talking about using Ethereum for a Reddit coin. Of course, given the, the volumes of transactions they want to be able to support, it makes sense for them to use a scaling uh, solution for this. Right now, it's going to be on a test net, but they plan to um, move, move, move across um, to the main Ethereum blockchain via this Arbitrum uh, Layer 2 technology. The transition to ETH2 has now got a formal Ethereum improvement proposal in place. So EIP 3675 which is uh, that discusses uh, upgrading the Ethereum consensus mechanism to proof of stake uh, has now been defined. So uh, th this is you know, significant because it's it's going to be the proposal that is used to help coordinate this change there. So it's you know, certainly the team have been speaking in terms of the new network going live in the in the first quarter or so of next year. But being a, I'm sure that we're going to see EIP 3675 being talked about a lot more now in the coming months. Over in the DeFi news, uh, Terra has uh, attracted $150 million for its DeFi ecosystem fund. So this is the South Korean uh, company behind the Terra public blockchain and they've raised 150 million from a number of major crypto investments for this. And this is to sponsor projects that are building on top of the Terra blockchain. Uh, it's actually a Tendermint based blockchain, which has, uh, has a number of stable coins based on its uh, Terra USD stable coin. Scale, the digital asset manager, have uh, are launching a DeFi fund and index. They already provide a number of uh, products for you know, tracking the major cryptocurrencies. So having something there that will give people broad-based exposure to DeFi assets, including Uniswap and Aave, will no doubt be uh, very, very popular. The Maker Foundation have also announced that they're moving to using a DAO model or decentralized autonomous organization. So this foundation is actually going to dissolve in the next few months uh, and uh, transition to this this new uh, de fully decentralized code-based governance model, which we've certainly seen more of the cutting edge and forward-thinking companies in the blockchain space moving towards. SushiSwap, the exchange, has unveiled four new crypto trading products during Ethereum's 
EDCC conference that has been happening during the past week. What they, what they want to do is uh, they've they've created a new base layer for SushiSwap that will allow users to easily create their own liquidity pools, which are basically the contracts which different assets are uh, deposited and provide liquidity to the market. The idea here is that it um, in- enables people to have specific properties that they can exploit. So, for instance, you can have you know one of the things they've said is a constant product pool, which is where you have a, a pool that is split. Um, between two different tokens uh, and then also like a concentrated uh, liquidity pool which enables providers to specify a range in price to which provide liquidity. Uh, Certainly the ability to specify these ranges will be helpful for people who want to avoid price slippage which can uh, impact uh, the investments that they're making if they're actually helping make the markets for these different products. Also the first decentralized exchange on the Polkadot Kusama ecosystem has now been launched by Karura, the DeFi network which is part of the Foundation. Karura Swap uh, has opened up for trading and it's got uh, $3.4 million uh, in t- total value locked, uh, according to a recent announcement. It'll definitely be one to watch being the first decentralized exchange on the platform. A lot of people are very excited about the premise of Polkadot. So seeing you know, how the total value locked there evolves over the coming months will definitely um, be a, a good reflection on how the community as a whole uh, in DeFi is responding to Polkadot. There's been a lot of activity this week in the NFTs as well. So the South China Morning Post is going to be minting historical records as NFTs. They've introduced what they've called Artifact, a standardized model for recording accounts of history and historical assets as NFTs. This is similar to what we've seen like Time Magazine do with respect to minting NFTs about you know key events that have happened there. And uh, what, they're, what they're looking to do here is uh, have a collection of historical moments from its hundred 18 year history. Also, um, Alibaba's e-commerce website, Taobao, is going to include NFT arts in its uh, maker festival. They're planning to sell uh, a non-fungible token-based real estate during this festival. And this is going to come from artist Hessian Huang, who's working alongside Near Protocol Web3 Games um, in order to do this. Polygon as well, the the scaling platform, uh, the layer two scaling platform on Ethereum, uh, they've announced too that uh, they're creating a new venture called Polygon Studios. And what they want to do is have a, a brand that attracts top builders, artists, and investors to the NFT ecosystem. This Polygon Day Gaming Studio is going to help developers and teams create blockchain-enabled gaming experiences uh, with great infrastructure and tooling. There's been also a, uh, a raise of $1.9 million via NFTs for an Ethereum documentary. And so this was a production company called Optimist. Uh, they raised th- this ETH for a documentary all about the development of Ethereum. Apparently, according to the filmmakers, Ethereum, the infinite garden will include interviews with Vitalik Buterin and as well as Aya Miyaguchi, who's uh, the, the executive director of the Ethereum Foundation. It was funded on the crypto back backed blogging platform Mirror. And the backers of this actually get a thousand infinite tokens for every one ETH that they uh, contributed. So whether this is the start of a new trend for fundraising documentaries, we shall see. Also the Audit Chain Labs AG, the developer of the world's first decentralized accounting, financial reporting, audit and analysis virtual machine for assurance and disclosure, 
have announced their NFT platform for allocating royalties between curators and validators of standard logic-based accounting and disclosure control components. So the idea here is that people will be able to you know, disclose accounting information and those who validate it, they can actually create NFTs off the back of it. So you can think of it as like a token being created about some reports that have been submitted to the platform there. This notion of kind of taking this data and um, NFTing it, uh, it, it's you know, got, got a huge potential growth there and uh, it's definitely one to watch closely. Uh, the NFT marketplace OpenSea has now become a crypto unicorn with a $1.5 billion valuation. They've closed a 100 million Series B funding round uh, led by Andreessen Horowitz, uh, which gives them this uh, unicorn status. Apart from Andreessen Horowitz, uh, the latest investors uh, include Ashton Kutcher, Michael Ovitz, Karen Hart. They also announced that uh, artists, buyers and sellers will no longer have to pay transaction fees on its market markets on its marketplace. This is because they've got an integration with Polygon, the layer two technology, uh, and it's certainly going to be a good thing because of the, you know, OpenSeas is a very widely used platform for sell buying and selling NFTs, but the gas prices can be something of a barrier for people listing as well as uh, buying on top of the platform. The blockchain platform Engine has said it's become the first NFT company accepted into the United Nations Global Compact. In order to do this, uh, companies need to align their business models with the 10 principles derived from UN declarations on human rights, labor, and anti-corruption on the environment. Uh, Engine has said that they've made significant strides in lowering the climate impact of NFTs, of course, because they, they're using like a, they've created their own um, network here rather than actually um, running on top of the main public Ethereum network. Um, with their JumpNet blockchain, which we've discussed uh, previously. Damien Hirst currency NFT drop that we discussed uh, in the previous couple of weeks episodes has been more than six times oversubscribed. It consists of 10,000 unique colorful dot uh, artworks and a corresponding NFT for each piece. The applications closed this week and Henny Group, who actually hosted the sale, revealed that there was more than six times the number of subscribers than then there were actually pieces available. Uh, as we said before, the fascinating thing about this is that people who actually purchase um, this, this piece of art, they have a choice of either having the physical piece of art or an NFT. They can't have both. And so it also, it's certainly going, going to be a fun one to watch to see how it evolves. A crypto entrepreneur is planning to gauge interest in whether there's appetite in the market for a collectible from the deceased Apple co-founder Steve Jobs. There's a software company called Snoofer, which uh, is going to be auctioning off a 1973 job application from Steve Jobs before he joined Atari as a technician. Um, and then at the same time, the marketplace Rarible will be auctioning a tokenized version of the paperwork to test which version will attract more bidders and higher bids and at what rate. So and certainly when you look at what's happening with the Damien Hurst uh, NFT piece of art, uh, you know, maybe this is going to be an indication of which route's better to go, holding the NFT or the original when you can't hold both. Also, the uh, EIP 1559, which we've spoken about previously, which is going to make the fees more efficient on the Ethereum network. Uh, Stateful Works have announced that they're going to unveil commemorative NFTs for, uh, for the upgrade. And so they're going to be you know, contributed to those people who actually wrote the proposals and the client teams who changed their software to support it as well. 
also a uh, startup that lets you race NFT horses has raised uh, 20 million from Andreessen Horowitz. So Virtually Human Studio, which uh, pr provides a platform for training, breeding and racing di digital horses that can then be sold for real money, um, have been fetching significant sums on platforms like uh, OpenSea. So apparently these funds will be used to actually expand its engineering and product teams and more than $30 million worth of these digital racehorse NFTs have actually been sold. DraftKings is uh, getting into the NFT market as well. They've announced that they're uh, creating a marketplace aimed at curating sports and entertainment themed digital collectibles for their enthusiasts. The platform is de debuting later in the summer and will be a pot potential significant expansion for the fantasy sports uh, betting company. Follow Art, uh, a startup that mints licensed NFTs derived from original artworks, has also launched its first drop, the auction for Spike, a digital artwork based on the Banksy installation that first surfaced in Palestine um, has, has, has commenced um, and 50% of the proceeds will go to charity. And then finally, Tyson Fury, the boxer, an NFT of, that's been signed by him has sold for nearly $1 million. Uh, this was sold on the marketplace Hudoy, making it one of the most expensive sports NFT sales ever. This is a one-of-a-kind token uh, that was titled Lineal by T Tyson Fury, which had an illustration of the boxer with two championship belts on his shoulders, as well as his crown with his nickname, the Gypsy King there. Uh, over to our metrics, the crypto market cap is up um, to 1.4 trillion. That's uh, just just that's 8.7 percent. Assets locked in DeFi uh, up uh, almost 12 percent to uh, just under 61 billion dollars. Seven day NFT sales are down 20 percent to, and we've seen uh, just under 54 millions worth, um, with an average price um, again down 11 percent to just under 1,200 dollars. That's all we have for this week. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast and our YouTube channel. Links to all items discussed are available in our show notes and at our website, weekinblockchain.com. We've also launched a brand new podcast, Blockchain Innovators, where I speak to individuals who have made significant contributions to the blockchain ecosystem. Find out what inspires these innovators, get their thoughts on the latest industry news and events spanning crypto, blockchain protocols, DeFi, NFTs, DAOs, and IoT. Thanks, and I'll see you next week.